0: Welcome to Cool Explorations. I'm your host, Tony Peters. Today we're going to be having Pastor Joe Sorgan back on to discuss Acts 1-8 in our key verses in the Bible segment. Uh, We're going to be discussing the power of the Holy Spirit and how the need to share the Word of God with the world has been given to us by Jesus Christ. Uh, One of the many things that Jesus Christ has given us, uh, as well as being given to us by our loving Father, Yahweh. And right away in Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit is given to all of us, not just one person, but everyone. This is a gift that not only do we get eternal life to live in God's glory and live in the world the way that God intended it to be, but we can receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will empower us and guide us in our lives. It acts as our defender against all of the spiritual attacks that the devil is throwing our way every single day, and it emboldens us to share God's Word with other people. Welcome to Cool Explorations. As I said before, we do have Pastor Joe Sorgan back on with us today, uh, and he is the Associate Pastor at the Open Bible Church here in South Current, and that is my home church, so very happy to have him back on. Uh, We're going to start off by just reading Acts 1.8. And then we will get uh, Pastor Joe to explain what Acts 1.8 means and uh, what its proper context is. So Acts 1.8 reads, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, Joe, why don't you just explain to us what this uh, verse means in its proper context uh, as it, it can be interpreted a few different ways,
1: for sure. Yeah, I think this is a obviously a really important verse, but we need to we need to realize for one thing who's actually speaking here. That's one of the key things. Um, and well, in my Bible, it's got the red letters when Jesus speaks, and we see these are red letters. Jesus is speaking here, and uh, and again in the in the whole context of things, this is this is um, really at the end of Jesus' ministry on earth. Um, he he's already. Come to earth as a baby. He's lived his life, you know, done so, so many different miracles, teachings. Uh, he's already died on the cross, he's risen again. And the Bible tells us that after Jesus rose again, he was on earth for another 40 days. And during that 40 days, I mean, he was seeing different people. But most of what Jesus was doing in that 40 days was spending as much time as possible with his disciples and teaching them. In fact, uh, we we really see that right here in Acts chapter one as If we we look at verse 3, we see that it says that Jesus presented himself alive to them, being his disciples, the apostles, after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And so for these 40 days, Jesus was specifically teaching the disciples about one topic in particular, that topic being the kingdom of God. But yet we get down to verse 6, and we see that the disciples still have at least one big question about the kingdom of God at the end of this 40 days. As it says in verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So they've been taught for 40 days about the kingdom of God, and their question is, is this happening now? Like, <laughs> Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom now? And Jesus responds in verse 7 and says, well, it's it's not for for you to know the the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his authority. And then he gets to verse 8. He says, but in the meantime, until that happens, this is what you should do. Right? And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. And then verse 9 says, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, a cloud took him out of their sight. And then while they're gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And so uh, what what we see there is Jesus has taught his disciples. And now he says um, the kingdom of God will will come soon, whatever soon means. Um, But in the meantime, apostles, this is your role. You need to uh, go when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and be my witnesses in all of these different places as He lists. And so that's really significant. Just to realize these are Jesus' words, and He's speaking to believers, but specifically here He is speaking to the apostles, to His uh, His disciples, and He's telling them the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and that's very key, very key part of this verse. And when that happens, you will receive the power. To be my witnesses. Now, what does, what does being a witness mean? That's something we might need to ask here. Um, because, you know, uh, I think even in Christian circles today, we can use all sorts of different definitions, I think, for what a witness is. I like to think of a witness in just like in a court system, right? When you call a witness, what are they doing? Well, they're verbally sharing, unless I guess if they can't speak, then they'll use sign language, but there's still this, this telling of, what they have seen and and what they have heard in a specific circumstance. And that's what Jesus is calling his disciples, the apostles, to do. He's saying, tell people what you have seen me do and what you have heard from me. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and through all the earth. The really big idea there is like, wherever you go, be my witness. Um, and it is interesting, there is this kind of, it's almost like the circle, you know, when you throw a, a stone into a, you know, a body of water and you can see the ripples, that first ripple yeah. is almost like Jerusalem. That's where they were, right? They're in Jerusalem and Jesus says, well, there's, there's people that need to hear about me in Jerusalem. So start there. But then as you work your way out, you know, it's the next ripple, Judea. That's kind of like the province they were in a little further, Samaria that was just north of them. And then to the ends of the earth, uh, wherever it is that you go apostles, be my witnesses, tell people about what you have seen me do and what you have heard me say. And obviously the big part of that is Jesus' um, death and resurrection and the good news that that is for uh, people who are lost in all of these different places. And so uh, I think that's, that's really key to kind of understand the context of what's going on here and that this is this is at the end of Jesus' ministry. And there's this time of, of kind of anticipation that the disciples have waiting for the kingdom of God, yet giving this, being given this commission to go. And uh, of course, as you read throughout the rest of Acts, they're obedient to that as well, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, and a few things uh, that are important to note uh, from what you've you've been speaking on. And uh, one of those is, of course, the reaffirmation of the Great Commission. Uh, Jesus is He's come back after after dying on the cross and rising again from the dead, which is amazing in and of itself. And now he's teaching, as you say, for 40 days. Uh, and he is telling them, you need to go out and share the gospel, but you're not doing it with your own power. It's the Holy Spirit who's giving you power. That Holy Spirit is what I'm gifting you. It's one of the many gifts I'm giving you that will help you in sharing the gospel. And another thing to note is they do start with the Jews, mm-hmm. with the Jewish population. That That is a the theme that we see repeated throughout the Bible is to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. So that's kind of where Jesus points them is start with the Jews and then move out to the Gentile population, uh, which Gentile would be us, uh, our own <laughs> population of people who are not Jewish. Uh, and uh, that is just something that is important because the Jews still remain as God's people. We are just being added
1: to that and, now. And that's really important to, to kind of note and to see, even throughout the rest of Acts. That's, that's exactly what happens. I mean, Paul obviously wasn't present here, but what did Paul do even once he became a believer? Yeah. He always went to the synagogue in whatever place he was first. And usually that didn't go well for him. They'd boot him (laughs) out after like a couple of weeks or whatever of teaching. And then he'd go to the Gentiles. But he did always start with the Jew and then go to the Gentiles. And and... as in Thessalonica, he was told not to come back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and that
1: that happened several times. But it's not just Paul, right? I mean, really, all of the apostles did that. And they started where they were in Jerusalem, where there were Jews and worked their way outwards. And that's not to say somehow that you know, as as Gentiles were a less significant or less important somehow than than the Jews, but there is still just this this idea, this truth that the Jews are still God's special people, His chosen people, even today. And thankfully, we've been grafted in uh, as as God's people as well. But that's a that's a theme verse for another day. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a, it's
0: a key reminder that the Jews, even in end times, as we've been learning from uh, Mr. Phil Powers. Uh, that the Jews are going to be playing a key role in the end time period during the the tribulation. So I think that all kind of just ties right in with uh, exactly what Jesus is saying here. He teaches kind of about what the kingdom is going to look like and what they can expect, even going into the end times, what's going to have to happen before that. And uh, again,
1: they're going to have the Holy spirit to help them during that time. And, Which, and that's really key. I mean, yeah. just even, even this idea of them waiting. Because if you read the rest of Acts 1, they're not going anywhere telling anyone about Jesus until the Holy Spirit comes. They're, in yeah. fact, they're kind of cowering. They're just kind yeah. of like, what do we do? And then, you know, Acts uh, chapter 2, God sends the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and it's an amazing thing. But um, it, it is just interesting seeing the contrast between the disciples' prior to pentecost and after pentecost once yeah. they've received the holy spirit right and i just even i mean in acts one yeah they're they're afraid but i just look at someone like peter like just the most regular dude right like he's he's a fisherman uh and if you read in the gospels what does peter do most often uh he speaks first and then thinks after he does something right uh, that, that's just kind of how he's characterized he made so many mistakes like Yes, he was walking on water, and then he took his eyes off Jesus, lost faith, lost trust, boom, sinks. What does he do? Denies Jesus three times. Uh, he's rebuked by Jesus, get behind me, Satan. And it's just like, oh, what is up with this guy? And then yeah. Acts 2 comes, right? <laughs> he receives the Holy Spirit and preaches, like, the ultimate sermon, and 3,000 people become believers like that. Yeah. And it just, I think it just goes to show, like, for the disciples, they weren't in this alone. Whether it's here in Acts 1 verse 8 or in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Jesus stresses that. At the end of uh, Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20, uh, Jesus also says, And I will be with you till the end of the age. And here he says, you will receive uh, power when the Holy Spirit comes. The idea is, even this sending out this Great Commission that the disciples, the apostles have to share the good news, they need to know, yeah, Jesus might be gone. He might be up in heaven, but you're not alone. You've been given the Holy Spirit, who is God living within you, who empowers you to share this good news and has changed you significantly. I mean, again, think of kind of Peter's fear that we see in the Gospels. And then think of the fact that um, how many times did he just stand up for the faith, gets thrown in prison. I mean, you know, uh, church history says that he was crucified for his faith and he decided to be crucified upside down because uh, he didn't want to uh know take anything away from the fact that jesus was crucified right side up it's just like this this crazy change in this regular man and that change happened through the holy spirit
0: yeah and it's important to note you bring up peter uh that the difference between peter and judas because they both rejected christ both of them did uh and uh it was both a betrayal uh, towards christ and yet what we saw was Judas did not repent, but Peter repented. And once he repented, the Holy Spirit was able to use him, as you say, in powerful ways. And that just shows in our own hearts, if we want to be effective in our use uh, by the Holy Spirit, we need to have repentant hearts that come to, to Christ humbly and say, I've, I messed up. Uh, can you can you?" forgive me again uh, for, for sinning yet again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then uh, that enables us to be used as Peter was used. And all of us have that within us. Not all of us are called in the same way in in ministry. Uh, Not all of us can be Billy Graham uh, and uh, people like that, but the Holy spirit chooses to use us and gives us gifts. Uh, And Jesus gave us the Holy spirit as that gift, but, We're all given other gifts to be able to be effective and to be effective in our use by the Holy Spirit uh, as tools for Christ to be able to share the Word of God with other people and plant those seeds that the Holy Spirit can then work on other people's hearts with. Um, And we have to remember we can't take credit for these things because it isn't us. It is the Holy Spirit that is moving. And it's Jesus Christ and, and god our, our holy heavenly father who will be the one who is actually bringing people to him and before him and he knows the, the hearts of of man so i, I think that is a, a really really important thing to note in here and that comes into the application um for how we apply this to our christian lives uh we've kind of touched on that did you want to just
1: expand a little bit on on that application for sure i think the, the big thing we need to ask ourselves as we come to this verse um, is, okay, this is a great command for the apostles. Uh, does this apply to us? Um, because, you know, that, and that's actually been a huge question throughout a lot of church history. And actually, a lot of church fathers, um, especially for kind of a, a thousand years of not a lot of great things happening in church history, um, it was basically like, no, th- this isn't for us. Um, but I think that that is that's crazy clearly Jesus yes is speaking directly to the apostles to these men who uh, who saw him work and and heard him do these things um but we have God's word that tells us what Jesus has done tells us what he has said um and we know it's you know it's inspired by God it is if God's word isn't a title it's the truth it is god's word and god cannot lie so we have that we have the holy spirit the same holy spirit that was in peter all the other apostles right in us and so i i think we'd be crazy to say that this is just a command for the disciples just a command for the apostles no this is a command for all of us uh and so i think you know as far as applying this to our lives we just need to consider a, a few things here first of all um we, again, we have the Holy Spirit, as you just mentioned, and the Holy Spirit gifts us, yes, in different ways, and some people are specifically gifted in evangelism, as we see in you know 1 Corinthians 13, Ephesians as well, uh, talks about this gift of evangelism. But um, regardless if we have that specific gifting or not, this is still a command for all of us, right? This commission to be His witnesses. Um, and that's, I think, the second thing we need to realize here being a witness means more than just being a good guy. Um, being a witness, like I mentioned before, even in, in a court, you need to use your mouth. You need to verbally share what Jesus has done and, and said. Uh, obviously, living Christian lives is a huge part of our witness. If if how we live our lives doesn't line up with what we're saying, that's no good. Uh, then our witness will be tarnished. But witness, that word in and of itself, uh, implies speaking it implies using our words, and so we need to realize that we actually need to bear witness uh, with our words about what Jesus has done and said. And we need to do more than just be good people. There's a lot of of non Christians who uh, are quote unquote good people as well and do a lot of good things. There needs to be something about what we say that sticks out uh, as well. And so that that's. Uh, very key, and then the third thing I think to note here for us applying has to do with when when Jesus goes into in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Uh, I think for us, what that really means is wherever we are, there are probably people who don't love Jesus, who don't know Him, and so whether we're at our home base, you know, our Jerusalem, you know, whether that for for me, whether that's just in Swift Current. And then maybe Samaria is, I don't know, like the the greater southern region of Saskatchewan. And then Samaria is all of Saskatchewan. And then the ends of the earth, of course, is the ends of the earth. I don't know what that looks like for each of us. But the point is, wherever we are, we should be witnesses, whether that's our home base, whether that's a little further away, whether that's across the world, uh, which is, you know, obviously that gets into global missions and things like that, which is awesome. Um, but. Uh, There's there's global missions, but the reality is all of us have a mission, and our mission is to be witnesses where we are now, and uh, and so uh, that that's just really important to note. You know, um, all of us, no matter where we are, should be doing this because whether we're in Jerusalem, whether we're in the ends of the earth, we need to need to be witnesses for Jesus, telling people, uh, of course, especially about his death and resurrection, but um, but also just about what he said, what he's taught, what he's done in general besides that as well.
0: Thank you for listening to Cool Explorations. As you have just heard, the Holy Spirit is an equal part of our triune God. He was there before creation. He was there during the whole Old Testament. And in Acts, we see the Holy Spirit come upon those who accepted Christ as their savior. And Acts 1.8 says, you will receive the Holy Spirit the will is an action word. It is a definitive statement. And if you have received Christ as your Savior, then the Holy Spirit resides within you. You have nothing to fear. All three parts of our triune God will be with you always, at all times. Even in our darkest times, those times of grief, temptation, persecution, financial woes, family strife, no matter what the situation we're going through, He is there with us. Be emboldened by this. Share the love of Christ with someone today. If you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, I invite you to do so now, before it's too late. If you would like to contact me for any reason, you can do so at tpeters745 at gmail.com.